0: The second half of the Mesechte discusses the laws of reading from a Sefer Torah and the various other parts of Tanakh, such as Haftoros, which are read in the Shul. And as an introduction to this discussion, the first three Mishnais of this perak discuss the sanctity, the Kadusha of the Shul itself. So the first two of those Mishnahis discussed selling a shul. And one of the people who discussed the sanctity of the shul and selling it in the previous Mishnah was Rabbi Yehuda. And so the Mishnah now says, well, don't Yehuda. Yehuda furthermore said another law regarding the kedusha of a shul and that is a shul which has been destroyed, and is now in ruins, it's left desolate, a maspidimusaychai, it is forbidden to eulogise in that shul, because to use what was a shul for the sake of an individual, is considered a bit of a disgrace for the shul. Now, the Gemara explains that if it is considered to be a public eulogy, for example, if a big town chacham passes away, so then it's considered to be a public event, as it were, since everybody comes to that Hesperd, to that eulogy, where they speak about the person who just died, and therefore that can be done even in a shul which has not been destroyed. So all the more so it can be done in a shul which has been destroyed. And it is forbidden to untie and work with ropes. People working with ropes, would often need a large space, so they might want to use this shul, says so the mission, it's forbidden one cannot spread traps for animals in that shul, then on one cannot dry fruit on the roof of this shul, and one cannot use this shul as a shortcut. Just like all of these things cannot be done on a regular shul which is still standing, so too, once it has been destroyed, these restrictions remain. Shenema, as the Pazuk says, I will destroy your holy places. So the Mishnah implies that even once these shuls are destroyed, they are still considered to be holy places. Kedushoson, their holiness and their Kedusha remains even when they are destroyed and in a state of being desolate. Ends of the Mishnah olubayasovim. If grass and weeds grow in that shul which has been abandoned, lo one should not cut it down. Mipnei agwas nefesh, in order that people be upset. When people see the weeds growing in the shul and they see the disgrace and the State of abandonment in which the shul is and that will inspire them to rebuild the shul and so the weeds should be left there so there will be more a chance of rebuilding the shul. And so now the Mishnah's sort of introduction has ended and from the next Mishnah the majority of the remaining part of the Mosekhtah will discuss the laws of kriyas HaTayra, reading from the Torah. Mr Dalad, since the reason why the Masechta is going to discuss Kriyasa Torah is because of the Megillah which is read on Purim, so the discussion begins with the parts of the Torah which are read around Purim time. And this refers to the Arba Parishios, the four special Torah readings which are read as Maftir around Adar time and perhaps just before as well. The Maftir is the last part of the Torah reading. In general, Maftir is just a repetition of the last few Pasukim of that Parsha. But on these four weeks, the Maftir is from a different part of the Torah, as the Mishnah will now explain. Rosh Chodesh Adar is for Shabbos. Adar, which falls on a Shabbos itself. So on that Shabbos, they would read as the Maftir... The parish of Shkolim, which describes the commandment for everybody to bring Skolim, because there is a mitzvah that during the months of Adar one must give half a shekel to the Beit HaMikdash and that money is used for the korbanais and for the other needs of the Beit HaMikdash and that mitzvah is fulfilled during Adar so in order to remind people of their obligation this part of the Torah is read at the beginning of Adar Cholios B'Seuch Shabbos For Shqodesh falls during the week then we don't wait until the first Shabbos of Adar, rather, makdimel Ovar, we bring it earlier to the Shabbos before Shchaydesh, in order that the people will have the entire month of Adar to fulfil their obligation. And then in such a case, mafsik in the Shabbos Acheres, there is a break, the following Shabbos, where they would read the regular maftir, since, as we're about to see, the second of the four Parishos was Parishus Zachar, and that needs to be read the Shabbos before Purim. So in a case where Shkodesh Adar was not on Shabbos, there would always be a Shabbos in between the first Shabbos of Shkolem and the Shabbos where Zachar is read, which is the Shabbos before Purim. Bashniah on the second Shabbos of the month, which is always the Shabbos before Purim, Zohar. It would read Parishas Zohar, which is about the uh, remembering of what Amalek did to us, and the obligation to destroy Amalek, since Purim is all about Homon, who was part of Amalek, who tried to destroy us. So we read Parash Zohar just before Purim, Bashlishis, The third of the Abra Parishas, Parah this was about the Parah The red cow, which is taken in the ashes of the Parah I'll mix with a solution, and that solution is sprinkled on people who have become tome in order to purify themselves. The reason why this is read now is in order to remind people that they need to make sure they are pure in time for Pesach in order that they can bring and eat the common Pesach. And so really, this should be done as close as possible towards Nissan. However, Baravias, the fourth and final of the Ara Parashios, is HaChodesh HaZelochem. That's the parsha discussing the mitzvah of making Rosh Chodesh, and that always needs to be read either on Rosh Chodesh Nisan itself, if, if Rosh Chodesh is on a Shabbos, or the Shabbos before Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So since that needs to be done right before Rosh Nisan, or on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, Parsha's Parah is always done and always read the week before that. So those are the four parishes, which are read as maftir, from the Shabbos before Shaydish H- 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 Adar, or Shaydish H- itself, until the Shabbos before Nisan, or Shaydish H- Nisan itself. And again, those four parishes are Shkalim, Zachar, Para, and Achidesh. And then Bachamishes, on the fifth week, meaning once all of the our parishes have been completed, the week after that, and Nikesidran, they would go back to the regular order of maftir and haftira, the Maftir would be the last few Pasukim of that Parsha which had been read, and the Haftorah would be a part of Tanakh, a part of Nach which was related to that Parsha, whereas during the Arab Parshaes, the Haftorah was always a part of Nach related to the Maftir. So, for example, Parsha Zakhar, the Haftorah was related to Amalek, which is the focus of Zakhar, as opposed to being related to the rest of the Kriya which was read that day. Continues the Mishnah. For all of the following days, we interrupt the regular cycle of the leaning or the haft Torah, depending on each case, in order to read a part of the Torah or Nach, which is more related to that particular day. So if these three days fall on a weekday, on a Monday or a Thursday, so in general, on a Monday or a Thursday, we read the first part of that week's parasha. However, if Monday or Thursday is Rosh Chodesh Chanka or Purim, we change the entire Kriyas to be related to that particular day. Now, if Rosh Chodesh Chanka or Purim fall on a Shabbos, then only the Maftir is changed. The regular parasha is read that day, but the Maftir is related to the Rosh Chodesh Chanka or Purim. And the same goes for the Haftarah, it will be related to Chanukah Purim Rosh But on fast days, that of course is only referring to a weekday, because a fast day is never decreed on a Shabbos, except for Yom Kippur. this refers to a group of Yisraelim. All of the Israelim were split into 24 groups and each week of the year another group would come. Some of them would come to the Hamekdosh, others would gather to the shul in their own city and they would daven and read from the Sefer Torah about the creation of the world. The main job of these people was to sort of represent all of the jewish people in being part of the offering of the ice so those who were in the beit hamikdos were present as the carbon as the carbonists were brought and those who were in the shuls in their own cities they would read about the creation of the world and also daven because the world is dependent on the carbonois and on the service of Hashem and Davening, it may, since they had a particular part of the Torah to read, also Monday and Thursday, they would read that instead of the regular laning, the regular Kriya Satura of that week's parasha. And finally, Yom on Yom Kippur, whether this falls on a weekday or even if it falls on a Shabbos, the entire laning, the entire Kriya Satura is changed to be the part of the Torah which discusses the Yom Kippur service, as we will see in the coming Mishnah. Mishnah Hay. Which parts of the Torah are read on each of these special days? But Pesach. On the first day of Pesach, they would read the part of the Torah which discusses the Yom Tovim, in Sefer Vayikra, in Parashas Emor. The part of the Torah actually discusses all of the Sholush Regalim. Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkos, but since it includes Pesach, we read that entire part of the Torah on the first day of Pesach, and the Gemara lists which parts of the Torah were read on the rest of the days of Pesach. But this Mishnah only discusses the first day of Pesach, all right? Secondly, Baratzeres on Shavuos. So we could technically read the same as we would read on Pesach on the first day of Pesach, because that part of the Torah also includes Shavuos. However, since that is read on the first day of Pesach, the other part of the Torah which discusses all of the Yom Tovim is read on Shavuos, and part of that is Shavuos Shavuos, seven weeks, that's the beginning of the discussion of Shavuos. But again, we would read about all of the Yom Tovim which are discussed in that part of the Torah. Rosh Hashanah, on Rosh Hashanah, Hashavim, we read the part of the Torah which begins on the seventh month on the first day of the month. Of course, that is Rosh Hashanah. And that part of the Torah discusses what must be done on Rosh Hashanah. On Yom Kippur during Shachris, we read the part of the Torah of Acharemos, which discusses all of the karbonis of the Yom Kippur day, and the parts of the service which were done on Yom Kippur. Beyond the variation on the first day of Sukkot, we read the part of the Torah which discusses the Yom Toivim, which is in Sefer Vayikra. So the same part of the Torah which you read on the first day of Pesach, we read on the first day of Sukkot, of which and on the rest of the days of Sukkot, we read about the carbonis which were brought on each day of Sukkot. There were a different number of karbonis each day of Sukkot, and so on each day we read about which karbonos were brought on that day. Mishnevad, the Hanukkah on each day of Hanukkah, B'na We read the part of the Torah which discusses the gifts and the karbonis of the Nasiim, the leaders of each of the twelve Shavotim, the twelve tribes, when the Mishkan was built and dedicated, each of the Nasiim brought karbonis and gifts towards, towards Hashem. And so since on Hanukkah, the Chashmonoim got the Beis Hamikdash back, and they rededicated the Beis Hamikdash, so it's appropriate to read this on Hanukkah. By Purim, on Purim B'yavi Amalek, we read the part of the Torah which discusses when Amalek came to attack B'nai Yisrael, after they left Mitzrayim, and interestingly this is an exception to the general rule. In general, we can never read a part of the Torah which is less than 10 Pesukim long. However, on Purim, although this part of the Torah is only 9 Pesukim long, it is still read, since these 9 Pesukim have significance in themselves, and the Pesukim before and after this part of the Torah... Are unrelated. So this is sort of a topic in itself and these nine psukum alone carry significance such that it can be read with the nine psukum alone. On Rosh Chodesh we read the part of the Torah which talks about the Rosh Chodesh, or the Ma'amodos, which, as we explained, are the 24 groups of Yisraelim, who would gather into their shuls one week at a time, and they would daven and read from the Torah, and what would they read from the Torah? They'd read about the creation of the world each day, what was created on that day, and the reason for this is because the world stands and exists in merit of the Karbanais and the service of Hashem, which is involved in that and to symbolize that fact they read the part of the Torah discussing the creation of the world. A on fast days which are decreed as a result of a tragedy or as a result of a famine that's not a fixed fast day in the calendar it's decreed as a result of something going on which means that it's a sign of Hashem from from Hashem that that community needs to do tshuva they need to fix their ways and Daven to Hashem. And therefore, they would read the part of the Torah which discusses the blessings and the curses which will come upon the Jewish people if they keep the Torah or if they don't keep the Torah. And that's in order to inspire people to repent. And the Mishnah tells us that in Mafsikim BaKlolois, we do not interrupt in the middle of the curses in order for somebody else to come up and have an aliyah and read from the Torah. Rather, one person reads all of the curses in one go, and the reason for this is because if, in the middle of reading the curses, the person reading from the Torah would stop reading and he would make a bracha after being called up to the Torah. And then we would call somebody else up to the Torah and he would make a bracha before reading from the Torah and afterwards. So it would come out that we're making lots of brachas over the part of the Torah discussing curses. And the Gomorrah says amazingly that Hashem does not wish us to be blessing him whilst reading the curses which will befall us. Whilst reading about the tragedies which will occur to the Jewish people, Hashem out of his huge love towards us does not want us to be blessing him whilst discussing the tragedies which will come upon us. And therefore, it's better that one person reads all of the curses in one go. And in fact, it's preferable that he starts reading a few psukim earlier so that he doesn't just make a bracha on the curses, but also on the other part of the Torah. But the main point is that he reads all of the clodes, all of the curses in one go. So we've discussed now lots of dates, unique, special dates of the year, and the Kriyasa Torah, which was done on that day. And now the Mishnah ends off the Perek with the regular Kriyasa Torah, which was done each week. during shachris of Monday and Thursday, as well as during mincha of each Shabbos, occurring in they would read from the part of the Torah of the regular cycle of the Parishios. So Monday and Thursday, they would read the first part of what would be read that Shabbos, and during Shabbos Mincha, they would read the first part of what would be read the following Shabbos. However, they in un no Mohammed and Achishben, this part of the Torah which they are reading on Monday, Thursday in Shabbos Mincha, does not count towards the calculation of what needs to be read during Shachris of Shabbos. Meaning, they can't say that since you read the first part of the parasha already three times on Minchah the previous Shabbos, and Monday and Thursday, so we're not going to read it on Shabbos itself during Shachris. Rather, Shabbos Shachris they have to read the entire parasha from the beginning until the end. Alright, and the Perik ends off with a hint to Kriyasa Torah in the Torah, Although it's mid often many rabbinic decrees have a hint in the Torah, known as an asmachta. And so the Mishnah brings, as the Apostlech says, Moshe, Hashem Yisrael. And Moshe spoke of the Lom Toivim and the unique days of Hashem to the Jewish people. And of course, Hashem, the Apostlech doesn't need to tell us that Moshe told the Jewish people what Hashem told him to tell everybody. Of course Moshe did as he was told. So rather it's to hint to us about the mitzvah of Kriyasa Torah on each of the Yom Toivim. Mitzvahs and their mitzvah is she who kal echel echel that they should read each part of the Torah in its time, meaning the part of the Torah which discusses that time of year, should be read when that time is reached.